Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and today I'm so excited to be chatting with Amy Schertz, another foster mama. So thank you for being here, Amy. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So I guess I would love for you to start by just telling us a little bit about how you got started with foster care. So foster care was something that was on my mind as something that people do when they're much older. When their kids are grown and out of the house, they get into foster care. But it started really weighing on my heart a ton in the summer of 2019 after I had my two sons, they were three and four, and I just couldn't shake it. And so I asked my husband if he was interested in starting way earlier than we ever anticipated. And he said, I don't know. And so I said, how about we just take the first steps? And so he agreed and we met with our, you know, the person who comes and interviews you. And then she told us about the classes. And so we started the classes and one thing led to another and we never looked back. We just kept taking the steps forward and the whole time things were falling into place. It felt right for us. And, you know, we got our first placement. We started in, let's see, we started in September and we got our first placement by December. So it really just flowed right away and felt like the right thing for our family. Wow. That's amazing. That at first he was like, no, thank you. Not right now. And then, or like, maybe not. And that he was willing to take those first steps. Cause that's what I tell people all the time. I'm like, just take trip. me too. Yeah. Just start, just start yeah. and see where it goes. And if it doesn't feel right, stop. It's yeah. totally fine. I love that because I think so many people talk themselves out of it before they ever even take the first step. And like, yes. you don't know if it's for you or not until you at least explore it and see what it would really be like. So Oh, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. That's amazing. So at what point during that process, do you think that he kind of was like, yeah, no, I think this is the right thing for us to do right now. You know, those classes were just really informational and they, I mean, we say anybody can take them. They're parenting classes. Mm -hmm. And when we kind of learned about the need that there is for good, solid foster families, we just, we couldn't not do it. It's a calling. I truly believe foster care is a calling and it just, it will start to weigh on you and you can't ignore it. And so once, once we got started into that, um, he just jumped on board. Wow. That's amazing. Now, what did your families of origin say about that? Did they know you wanted to foster? Were they super supportive or were they like, "Eee, that maybe sounds like a hard thing to do? (laughs) Yikes. So, you know, we really kept it private for before we like we, we made the decision on our own terms and then we slowly started talking about it, but we got so many people trying to discourage us from doing it. Just saying that's really hard. Why would you do that to yourself? And so we had art, we were already fully invested in the process before we let people know about it because it was just right for us. And so then we didn't let any of those discouraging things you know, sway us one way or the other, because we already knew it was our decision. And then once we were really into it, people, especially my immediate family jumped on board and were really supportive and 
often we get, how can you do this? Why do you do this? Like, but when you know, you know, and so it's never really bugged us, but people have become more and more supportive the more we've done it. Yeah, I agree. That's been our experience too. I think it's so interesting. Like I I definitely remember talking to like an acquaintance who was like, before we got our son and she was like, wait, what? Like, why, why would you do that? And I'm like, because there's hurting children that need that need a home and a hard question when people are like why would you do that I'm like I kind of want to laugh and be like I don't know I'm a good person it felt like like, you know like make jokes about it because you just don't know what to say it's you know I don't know why I'm signing up for heartbreak but I am so that's just how it's gonna go I like what you said too, about it being a calling. I absolutely, the more I do it, the more I have, and the more foster moms I talk to, the more I absolutely agree. Cause everyone seems to have this, like, like you said, this like kind of burden on their heart for this calling foster care yeah. and it doesn't go away. Like you can't, once you, like you said, once you know, you can't unknow, once you see, you can't unsee. And it feels like just keep going with it. Yeah. 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 And before I even got our first placement, I was praying for her so much. I was praying for just whoever was going to come into our home. And little did I know that she was born and she had to be in the NICU for exactly one month. And we got her at exactly one month old. And so I kept having this fear, like there's a baby out there that needs us, that needs us. And it turned out that she hadn't been born yet. And so right when she was ready to get a placement, I was in my interview with my RFC, my final interview, and she got it. And she was like, on her phone while I was talking. And I was like, wow, this is rude. And then she's like, I just submitted you. There's a baby girl ready to get picked up. Do you want her? I'm like, yes, I want her. And it was just, it fell into place. Like um, we actually picked her name out. And then when we actually, we met the bio family that was going to adopt her, they said, that's a special name for our family. How the heck did you pick that name? How did you know? And it was just like this really, really serendipitous. Like, I mean, we're, we believe in God and his hand and everything and intervention and things like that. And we truly believe that that placement was so for us and um, just was like, it was led, guided every step of the way. Oh, that's so beautiful. And it's so true. I love that so much. And wow, what a cool story to just have that extra assurance even for you. That's exactly what it was. Extra assurance that we, when we found out that the name we picked for her out of nowhere was because we obviously for privacy reasons, you don't want to call them their, their given name. And so we just picked a name and then she said, wow. And they kept it. Her That is her legal name now. That is so cool. Yes. Yeah. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety reducing email course all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com. So, okay, when you decided to foster, when you and your husband said, this is something that's going to be part of our family story, did you think we're going to foster to just see what happens? Are you thinking we're going to foster to adopt? Are we thinking, like, what were your thoughts around that? Yeah, so just having taken the classes and heard the experiences, we we were just going to foster to foster. And adoption is absolutely on my heart. It's something I... 
I dream of doing, but I also really trust the process that if a child is meant to stay in our home, it's going to go that way. And so, so far two placements and neither one of them has gone that way yet. And we might take a break for a minute after this placement goes to kinship, but we didn't, we didn't want to like put our hearts onto adoption because we know that that can be even more heartbreaking. So yeah, so it's kind of like, and my husband is a supremely logical human being, which has been very helpful where he can say, honey, remember we started this to foster, like we will adopt if it's going to go that way, but keep in mind, this is what the, this is what the state aims for is kinship placements or biological back to bio family. And so we are at peace with that, even though it is heartbreaking and hard. Yeah. Oh, 100%. That's such a good way of saying it. And it's so good to have the logical. I'm the emotional oh. one. My husband's the logical one. He's a math teacher. I'm like, hi, I am the therapist. Yeah. And I have all the feels. And we're going to talk about them. And it's nice lots to have the teacher, lots of crying. And he's yeah. like, honey, remember why we started this? You, this was your idea. He yeah. helps so much that keep the focus where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Have there been any times throughout your journey so far where you felt like, oh my gosh, this is so heavy. This is hard. Like, what are we biting off? Do we bite off more than we can chew? Did you ever have any of those moments? Oh, 100%. Every time, all the time. <laughs> I try so hard to keep the focus and the folk in that, like love the babies. Cause we just happened to get two newborn placements that was not our guidelines, but we just got two newborns right out of the hospital, but focus on the babies, focus on loving them, focus on nurturing and, and bonding with them. And don't think about the rest of it because every time I do it's emotional waves and I let them roll. I let the waves come over me. I let myself cry. I let my kids see me cry and help them understand why, you know, it's, it's a sad thing to say goodbye to kids that we fall in love with, Mm -hmm. but we ultimately know why we're doing it. And so to answer your question, yes, (laughs) yes, yes. Just making sure it wasn't just me. So (laughs) I appreciate you. you, And I think it'd be weird if it wasn't, the case for other people. Cause you just, your heart gets invested and that's it's how it so goes. True. And I think those are the most helpful conversations that we can just be honest and vulnerable about. Yes. We're stepping into something hard and yes, it hurts sometimes, of course. And yes, it's still worth it. And, yeah. but we're not robots. We're human beings and our hearts do get involved because that's how it should be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's mm-hmm. certainly the case for us. So how have your kids, your bio kids done with the, the placements that you've had and, you know, the reunifying back to family. We try to talk about it often and um, have introduced them to the bio family. We've had the chance to get to know them. And I think it's a little confusing. So my kids are now four and five. And so I just actually had my own baby who's two months old now. And they were confused if she was going to go into foster care. They didn't really understand. They have, it's a hard concept for them and they don't fully understand why families can't take care of their kids. And so we just, we try and answer the kids at age, their aunt, we try and answer their questions at age appropriate levels. And like I said earlier, I want them to see me cry. I want them to see the emotions so that they're free to share their emotions. And they do. Um, when our little first placement left us, my son came into my room just crying like a month and a half later. And I cried with him and I let him know that's okay to be sad. We we loved her. Mm-hmm. And we'll look at pictures and we'll text. We have a really good relationship with both families that our babies will go to and we'll ask them for pictures and updates. And that really helps them to see, oh, there they are. They're they're living a happy life and being taken care of. And I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question. We try our hardest to just make it 
as honest and vulnerable as possible. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think it, yeah, for sure answers the question. And also it's just such a good example that you set for your kids when we are so, we don't need to hide or shelter in them from this reality. And I think part of the beauty of fostering with bio kids in the home as well is to let them be a part of the story and to let them have the emotions as well and to teach them how to navigate those big feelings and to see that you have them too and to really be a model for them in in just like you said letting everything be letting the waves roll like that's just so that's a gift to give your kids I think so yeah yeah and they're so proud it. They yeah. tell everyone, everyone that says, oh, your baby's okay. This is our foster sister. They all, they'll tell anybody and everybody. And it's kind of fun. It introduces the conversation. And I mean, sometimes I don't want to have the conversation when you're in a hurry, but it's, a, I do like to normalize foster care and make it, you know, something that's not the way that I thought it used to be. So it's great. Yes. Oh my goodness. And I love how you, you said that you were having, sometimes it's difficult for little kids to understand what foster care is. And I mean, I think that just speaks right there to how like sad it is that it even has to exist. Right. But I was trying to do the like therapist, mom, best practice when I was explaining it to my son who, before we ever started fostering, but we were taking the classes, he was probably in third, third grade or second grade. And he, I was like, you know, sometimes there's moms that just can't, they try, but they just can't take care of their kids or they get sick or they, you know, whatever. I'm just trying to put it in terms of understand. And his face just like went pale as a ghost. And he was like, is that ever going to happen to you? And I was like, no, no, no. It's like, I'm like, oh no. Like I thought I had done it so perfectly. insecurities in them. They, they, they don't fully get it. And it's hard. You don't, I try really hard to talk really positively about bio parents because I don't one need them repeating anything I say. And two, this this is our child's family. You know, the child, I mean, we call them our children, but they're, they're children. And so I don't want there to be negative feelings and negative emotions, but like you said, it's hard, it's a hard concept. And so you do the best you can and try and help them along the way. For sure. It's true. And even as our kids have gotten older, my sons have been, you know, asking different questions and they, you know, have heard me maybe talking on the phone or whatever. And I'm like, Oh shoot. Like, I just have to be so aware of like, you know, where I'm having a conversation or, you know, just that they are getting older and they can understand more and it's good to have those conversations, but also, yeah, good to check ourselves too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Anytime I see a foster care book for kids, I'm like purchase, got to have it to help kind of under, like help them understand these harder concepts because I am not qualified to do it, but I'm trying my best. So yes. Well, it sounds like you're doing an amazing job. So yes. So you just said you had a two month old, you have a two month old baby that you just had. Yes. I have a two month old and then we have our seven month old foster daughter. So you've got like, not even Irish twins. You've got the like twin twins essentially. Yep. Yep. It's been, you know, everyone says, how are you doing it? And I'm like one hour at a time. And I'm not kidding. I think one day in advance, I like hardly ever go beyond that. And it works. It's working for us. We're two months in and we're all alive and happy. So it's working. I love that. That's the standard at our house too. I don't have a two month old. I'm like, how are we doing this? One minute at a time. Like people are alive. It's fine. It's all good. Totally. Okay. So what um, encouragement would you give to someone? I know you said kind of take the first step, but what would you say to someone who is maybe just going to get their first placement or is waiting for that first call and is maybe, you know, nervous, feeling all the feels as we wait for that first placement, what would you say, or how would you encourage them? I'm trying to think what angle I'd go. I'd say definitely listen to your heart. 
or your gut, but that doesn't sound as pretty. So <laughs> go with your heart. Cause sometimes maybe a placement's not right. And I've heard of people not feeling like a placement was the right fit for them. And that's okay to say, no, you want it to fit right for you. And, you know, just taking those first steps and connecting with other foster families. I love connecting with people who are interested, who have questions, who just need, you know, solidarity and want to feel heard and seen. I'm in a group on Facebook. I'm in a group on Instagram and I'm always happy to be a resource, but I think that's been really helpful for me having other foster moms who are deeper into it, kind of guiding me along and giving me tips and advice. And that's been really, really helpful. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Just like having a support system of people who get it. And like you said, even just all the different stages of foster care, the new, the new people and the people who have been doing it forever. It's just such a good thing to get all those people around us. Yes. Get connected. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm friends with people. I call people friends all over the country who are foster moms and I probably will never meet them face to face, but I feel such a connection to them because of our, you know, shared experiences. Yeah, that is 100% the truth. I definitely have people, I'll, I'll like talk to my husband. I'm like, this is my friend, Ashley. This is my friend, Brittany. And he's like, who? And I'm like, you know, she's a foster mom in Texas or like New Hampshire. And he's like, oh, so like a person that you met online. And I'm like, no, but they really are my friends because we're foster yeah, moms. Wait, we no, totally them. friends. I'm same thing. I call them my friends. I feel like we're friends oh, because sure. I'll turn to them for when I'm crying, I got to turn to my foster moms because other people that haven't been there, walked to the trenches, maybe don't quite get it as much, which is normal granted, but it's nice to have that there. Oh, so true. My goodness. Well, thank you for chatting. I want people to be able to connect with you online. I appreciate that you said you could be a resource and you're, and you're happy to share and talk about things. I know you're a busy mama, but we love that when we can support each other. So how can people find you online? So my Instagram handle is hello, Amy Warren. And I will just preface for everyone to know, like I started this long before I ever started foster care. And so it's not like a foster care Instagram account, but I'm, I'm sharing my life. And right now foster care is my life. And so, um, you can definitely find me being as raw and real as I possibly can, um, over there on hello, Amy Lauren. Oh, thank you. That's perfect. I think that's what we need is just sharing life. Like some days are going to be about foster care. Some days are not. And we're about motherhood, about yeah. self-care, trying to be alive. So you'll For find sure. a lot of that over there and mom products. Cause I love finding good mom products to help busy yes. moms and tired moms. <laughs> oh, yes. And yes, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for chatting. And we will definitely send everyone who's listening your way to get more information about your story. Awesome. Thank you so much.